Does your new year resolution include any financial goals? Need some ideas? Hello, everyone. Once again, welcome back to Easier with a Friend. This is Chi. And Elaine. And we are two friends who like to share with each other's ways to make adulting easier. In this episode, we are continuing our January resolution series by sharing with you our finances. As in financial goals or resolutions we are making for the year and any tips or tricks we might be trying out to achieve them. So let's get right into it. So Chi, I'm going to start with you. I mean, what are your financial goals for this year? Well, this year, for our group of friends, at least, uh, a lot of us are, some of us have already turned 40, but a lot of us are getting there. So <laughs> it kind of got me to to think a lot about things that are, uh, that you should feel like you should master by now, right? Or at least be be seriously thinking about. So I kind of made a a little list of goals that I think financial goals that I think you should either have accomplished or be working toward, be actively working toward by the time you're 40. Right. Okay. So I've got five things and then I've got a bonus one for people who have kids, but here we okay. go. Here are the, my five. We can, I will just quickly go through it. Um, the first one is to get out of debt and at least uh, have a plan to get out of debt if you aren't already debt free. So I'm talking okay. about like consumer debt. I'm not talking about, let's say a mortgage, which for some of us were just buying a home. Like I bought a home this past year. So obviously I am not going to be mortgage free, but consumer debt, try mm-hmm. to get out of debt, have a plan to get out of debt. Second one is to develop a budget and actually use it. So this one, I've always had a budget since I was in college, but I have to admit that on and off, depending on, let's say my income level and how much wiggle room I have, I have not always stuck to my budget and and really use it to, to be more responsible and maximize my savings, things like that, you know, so Mm -hmm. develop a budget and then actually stick to it and use it. My number three is to get serious about retirement savings and investment. So this one is a whole new area for me that I'm exploring because with the shutdown and the pandemic and seeing how a lot of families are are kind of suffering through through this whole thing, it really got me to think about like, how can I make my security blanket bigger? And especially for the future, because your job is just not guaranteed. You never know when something might happen that would completely change the trajectory of your career. So make sure you're saving for retirement and and just saving in general, right? And then number four, which I have just started, I would say maybe uh, a year and a half ago, not even a year ago, I started this, which is to track your net worth. So I've always been really into my, keeping an eye on my finances and really into keeping track of it. But there's something about actually tracking your net worth, actually making a chart, actually keeping a routine kind of like a monthly or every six months or yearly or whatever it is you want to do. But looking Mm -hmm. back in and just, you know, actually plotting that number and seeing where you are. And even if you're in the negative right now, it helps you visualize how to get out of that red zone and into the positive zone, right? So I think that for me has been a really powerful tool to help me stay on track. And then number five, which I think is the most adult thing you can do, which is to have <laughs> an emergency fund, right? There's just 
so many reasons why you should have one. And you hear all the financial experts say you should have one. And, and I always hear like, for example, Dave Ramsey would say emergency fund is not for when the pizza man is at the door and you're mm-hmm. like trying to pay for the pizza. It's like actual emergency fund. People do at least three months. Some people do six months. Some even do 12 months, whatever it is that you think is good for you and your family have an emergency fund. And then, like I said, the bonus one for me is for people who have kids is that start teaching your kids young when it comes to money, teach them about money, talk to mm-hmm. them about money, uh, investment, explain to them those kind of concept, uh, delay gratification instead of, oh, spend that $5 to buy this. But if you can invest it down the line, what what's the, the reward in, in waiting, right? And so okay. that's kind of what I have decided to focus on this year, a, a general thing. Some of it I have started already last year, year before, but I kind of really wanted to really focus in on these, these goals that are, that feels like you, you kind of have to make it a, a habit, you know, make it a right. part of you when it comes to your finances. Right. Okay. So, I mean, it's interesting because we mentioned in a previous episode, but for those who didn't listen to it, she is much more the, just like you heard, like write down all the goals, plan out the year, know exactly where I'm going, girl. And I'm more the, this is my generalized woolly idea of what I want to achieve (laughs) this year. So in that same spirit, I have not written down a list of financial goals <laughs> that I have for the year. I have a general concept of where I want to be. And I one of the resolutions I made this year, which again, not very specific because that's the kind of person I sort of am, is that I wanted to, I did want to focus more on just kind of knowing where every dollar is going this year because my husband and I both have good jobs, make good income. And so it's really easy sometimes when the money is good and the bank account is always positive, whatever. And I I, I know we're lucky and I know how lucky we are this, especially this year, but it's easy to let things slip through the cracks, right? Just, oh, I spent $5 on Starbucks every single day last month and, and not even really realize it. So I've made it a goal And I'm the same way. I have a budget tracker that I use sort of on and off. And this year (laughs) I've made it a resolution to really actually use the budget tracker (laughs) (laughs) and not keep falling off the bandwagon of the budget tracker. And I think that it's going to be, in my head at least, I think it's going to be one of those things where if I start using it and just really focus on it for three or four months that it just kind of becomes more natural for us to cut out the extra spending. And then maybe I don't have to be quite as intensely focused on it every single day, like tracking where the money went and where the budget tracker is. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the small goal I have to lead into the big goal. I really only have one really big financial goal for this year, which is funny that you mentioned we're hitting 40 and that's been on my mind as well. I think it's just like the magic number, right? When we turned 30, I kind of was like, oh my gosh, we're turning 30. But for some odd reason, when you're turning 40, that's just a much bigger in the forefront of my mind, I guess, because half your working life is over and you have to think about, you know, like, I guess when you're turning 40, I I really think about retirement more. It's, it's just like you said, I, I'm 
you're focusing more on retirement this year. It's been on my mind. And it's one of those things where when we were younger and we were in college and had no concept of finances or money or anything like that, and you dream about your future, and I'm sure this happens for young people today as well, but you're thinking, oh yeah, when I'm 40, I'm going to have a mansion and three cars and millions of dollars in the bank. And that just isn't true. (laughs) (laughs) If you're 99% of America, you, you would really have to work for that goal to really focus on that goal. So I have a stretch goal this year and I've done my net worth calculations and I'm not going to hit it by 40. But I told myself that if I hit it before I turn 41, it still kind of counts, right? Mm -hmm. It's still in my 40th year is what I told myself. So my stretch goal this year is to hit a million dollars in net worth before I turn 41. So if I achieve it at (laughs) 40.99999, I'm still going to count it. And that's not really my birthday's in the summer. So that's, that gives me, it's kind of a cheat. It gives me a year and a half until yeah, yeah. I turn 41, and, but that's the goal this year. So, I mean, that's, yeah, I that's love it. I love it. I think that's really I, the thing that my mom has always taught me is to set big, big goals for yourself. And I like that. I, I like because it, the other thing that I've heard too, is like set big goals, because even if you only met it halfway, that's still pretty good, right? <laughs> like even if you don't achieve it, and you got pretty close, you're, you're still, you're still pretty good. Yep. Um, so yep. what about your husband? What about your spouse? Is, is he on the same page with this goal? How does he feel about it? He is. So it's really funny because that, okay. It's really funny that we're doing the finance episode today because I literally had to call Chi and tell her, oh, I'm going to have to start 15 minutes late because we were at a bank meeting with our uh, Chase Bank is who we bank with, but they have mm-hmm. a they have a private money management sector or department, I guess, for those of you who didn't know, I didn't know. Like a financial advisor or something different? Yes. yes. Uh, They have a fiduciary department. So for anyone who doesn't know, if you are going to a financial planner, uh, and there's a lot of, quote, financial planners out there, right, who are trying to help you manage your retirement and things like that. There is a difference between a financial planner and a fiduciary. A financial planner generally makes money from recommending you buy these mutual funds or investment accounts, and they they basically get paid a commission. They're salespeople. They get paid a commission to sell you this mutual fund or this account or this investment, whatever. Mm-hmm. A fiduciary is acting supposedly acting in your legal interest. The way a fiduciary makes their money is they only make money. If you make money, they make a percentage and it's a pretty small percentage of your net gains that year. So if you lost money, they make nothing that year. So they're a lot more. I mean, the general concept is that they're a lot more invested in your success because if you made nothing, they made nothing versus a financial planner. They sell you this fund, they make their money and then you're on your own. So that fund (laughs) doesn't perform or underperforms, it doesn't really matter to them. They've already gotten their money on the front end. And realistically, I've, you know, as just part of our finances and managing these goals, I had been, I had spoken to a financial planner actually um, a couple months ago. And my husband who had been also doing research 
was like, no, we are, we're going to look for a fiduciary. We're blah, blah, blah. So actually he's the one who took the reins on this and, and found that Chase bank has a fiduciary branch. And so we were talking with them this morning, but he's definitely on the same page. Like, and that's what I love about our partnership, our, our, our partnership. That makes it sound like a business. (laughs) It kind of is. A marriage is kind of a little bit like a business, but our relationship is that we tend to be really on the same page about stuff like that. But what about you and Tony? Uh, where are y'all on on your goals this year? Yeah, I think a marriage does involve a business or financial agreement, right? And so it almost For feels sure. like part of a business transaction or a business a relationship, if you will. Yeah. So Tony, my my husband, is completely a hundred percent on board when it comes to any financial goal I come up with for us. <laughs> he is somewhat like Elaine where he just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Well, okay. Elaine is a lot more involved and, and, and excited. <laughs> to carry it. He is a lot more like, that sounds great. We'll go with that. You know, <laughs> like when I talk to him and so he is, he, he enjoys the ability to like, let me kind of come up with these goals, come up with the plans, the step-by-steps and, and handle the finances. And he can kind of just like, I think the most he does is like when I need someone to kind of um, talk to, or like, Mm -hmm. just kind of be like, Hey, this is where we are. He'll listen. Right. And he's, he's interested and he goes along with the plan. If I say, okay, this month we're going to have to cut out this and this and this to make sure we hit the budget. He'll do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But he doesn't like the, the, the planning part, if you will, he doesn't like to have to sit down, mm-hmm. look at the numbers and, and do any of that. So I guess we are in the same book, but not necessarily on the same page. You know? <laughs> he, he owns the book. He intends to read it, but he really just <laughs> wants me to give him the synopsis of what happened in this story. You know? you're, you're the cliff notes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, um, it's working for us so far because at least I think the overall goal he does agree with, he understands the importance of it, things like that, but he just doesn't really at all like the, the kind of nitty gritty stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I will update our net worth chart and he will look at it, but mm-hmm. If you if I ask him to sit down and calculate the next one, he would be like, no, that, that, that's not mm-hmm. happening. You know, he, he can do it. And that's what the the best part of a marriage or a partnership is, right? That you each have strengths that you bring to the table. So it's okay that he maybe doesn't like to do the nitty gritty as long as he is on the big picture. <laughs> yeah, he's not trying to sabotage the uh, the plan. Exactly. Way, if uh, you're not trying to undermine the plan. So yeah, is yeah. there anything you're planning on doing this year to help you achieve your financial goals or, or any of the specific goals or how you're feeling about them? Yeah, I think for me, the the big focus and out of the, the five, six goals that I have this year, I think the two that I think are kind of forefront or things that I'm going to focus really on this year that I feel I'm really lacking is the retirement investment. Because honestly, mm-hmm. my parents, they never really invested. It wasn't, we were comfortable growing up, but they were never the type that really understood the market or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I really feel like I just started researching, understanding more and discovering more about investments and, and things like that. I'm one of those person who just learned what an expense ratio is. Okay. This mm-hmm. year, this year, within the last, uh, or the last 12 months, I figured out the definition of expense ratio. So that's how early in the process I am when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm really trying to level up this year. And then the second one on the list is to, my kids are now six and four. And so mm-hmm. 
they're like right at that age where they kind of do understand the concept of money a little bit and, and, you know, how things, how much things are worth and things like Mm -hmm. that. And so teaching them more about money. I talked to them recently about the stock market and, and having them do a few chores around the house and then paying them a quarter. I paid them a quarter to help me sort the laundry and then Mm -hmm. talking to them about what they could do with that quarter instead of just buying something with it. Right. Right. And, And so um, yeah, so those are the two that I'm really focusing on this year. Yeah, I think the other ones is just like, okay, I've always had a budget, but I need to kind of like tighten up those, right, <laughs> those right. goals, you know, like do better right. with them. Um, but yeah, the, the two that I'm sticking to is, or that I'm focusing on are the retirement planning and then really teaching my kids more about it. Gotcha. Okay. Any tips or tricks that you're going to try that maybe you read up on and you're haven't done in the past and you're going to maybe try to apply this year? Well, I think the the biggest tip I have really is is to track your net worth. Like I said, even if it's in the negative, that visual really helps you. Really, mm-hmm. really does. You know, even if you're mentally tracking it, but just I know some people who does it monthly. I right. I do it every six months. I will because I feel like monthly mine hasn't changed all that much right. for me to right. like you no, know I do the calculation. But every six months you can see either a significant gain or hopefully not a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's the one that it just there's something about seeing it visually that could really help help you stick to your goal. So that would be the big one. Whatever wherever you are in your tracking it, just start start tracking it. Even if it's in the negative, track it. Start charting mm-hmm. it. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. So for us this year, it's really going to be more just sticking to the plan, spending less and (laughs) saving more because that stretch goal is going to be, it's going to be a big one. I think I calculated and I need to put away something like an additional $4,000 a month. That's doable for you guys, right? How? I mean, I I feel like it. You guys have good income, so... Well, I, an additional 4,000 a month. Got you, I got you, I got you. In addition to what we already save. So it's going to be, going to be a lot. Uh, (laughs) We're going to see how that goes and see where we end up coming in the coming year. So fingers crossed, guys, fingers crossed. (laughs) You guys got you guys have a year and a half, so I think it'll be okay. I mean, maybe. So yeah, but I, I think it's gonna be interesting. I think the kid goal actually that you have is gonna be really fun. Uh I actually remember, right, when your when your nephews were young, your sister did something similar with them where she taught them how to use a spreadsheet and and track their spending. And your nephews are I'm I'm assuming really good with money now that they're they're grown and off on kind of starting to be off on their own. I know they're both still in school, you know, off in college and stuff like that. But what, how old were your nephews when your sister started doing that with them? I think a lot of that is my brother-in-law. He's really good with his oh. finances. Okay. And um, and my, I remember telling my sister, like, your kids have an Excel sheet for their budget, their, your, their little kid budget. You right. need to, you need to kind of learn from them a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my boys, even though, like you said, they're in college now, so they're not boys anymore. Um, but, uh, they, they, I think they were around probably a little bit younger than my girls when they started I said, oh, my wow. girls six and four. And so, and, and yeah, and my sister was just, and my, you know, sister and brother-in-law was just really good about 
talking to them like an adult, I guess, when it comes to finances, using big words with them, like investments and stocks mm-hmm. and, and things like that, mutual funds. And, and so they didn't really shy away from, from talking to their young kids about it. And so um, the boys, when they were younger, like, uh, like Elaine said, had an Excel sheet where they would say, okay, certain percentage would go to charity. That was always really big for, for them. And then certain other percentage can go to whatever expensive toy or something they wanted, but then a certain percentage have to go to savings. Yeah. And so I think, especially the older one, he is a lot more like me in that he likes lists and goals and having things organized and spreadsheets and things like that. The younger one, he is a lot more of a spender, but he's mm-hmm. gotten a lot better as he's gotten older and really start to see and understand the value of money a lot more. So yeah, I think it's it's definitely something you have to include, I guess, as part of your parenting duties, I think, right. to teach them the the financial responsibilities. Right. I think my, <laughs> my funniest memory of, it's a story that you told me actually about your boys. And I think I'm going to conclude this episode with this kind of funny anecdote. But when they were younger, she would sometimes babysit. And I think one day she promised that she'd take them to Walmart so that they could buy a toy, not with her money, they they were going to spend, you know, their own savings money and they had pooled their money to try to the whatever they had to spend that month. And they were basically standing in the Walmart aisle kind of calculating what all they could buy <laughs> with the money that they had. And uh, I remember, I think the younger one, uh, Ethan said, oh, well, we can get, um, you know, this toy and this toy. And the the older one, Christian said, no, because you forgot about the taxes. And the younger one goes, oh, I always forget the taxes. <laughs> and they were really young. I mean, they, I think they were maybe eight and six, something like that. Like, And it just, I was so impressed <laughs> that uh, I, when I was six or eight, I had no concept of if I buy this, I have to add taxes on top yeah. of it and spend my money. So I think that's actually a, a really good goal. I think we uh, will probably do a follow-up kind of, May, maybe mid-year, end of the year, let y'all know how we're doing on these financial resolutions. See how much the girls have learned. If they've learned, they have to add tax onto their spending dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners, that's a wrap on another episode of Easier with a Friend. Thank you all for tuning in. Coming next week, another resolution series episode. We'll be doing these all through January to kick off the year. Re- again, remember to follow us on Instagram at Easier with a Friend. Easier with a friend podcast on Facebook or email us at easier with a friend at gmail.com.